Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. So that'll be on Thursday. Let's get into some some mailbag here um, as we uh, as we work closer to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of things to get into. I'm actually going to. I got a mailbag question from. Um, oh, my apologies. Where is it here? From Rodney. I got a a mailbag e- an email hou mailbag at gmail.com, By the way from um, Rodney saying, um, Sean, I know you do a report card every year on the head coaching carousel uh, for the Houston press. Um, is, have you done that yet? And will, could you do a report card here on Utopia? And I, I will. I'll bring the report card onto the podcast here if you haven't seen it yet. Um, so there were eight hires in this go-round here. Um, I, I think just in general – as far as the hiring cycle goes, um, first of all, it was nice for the Texans to not be in the mix for a head coach uh, for the first time in many, many years. Uh, that was just nice to be able to watch everybody else have to go get a head coach and for us to not have to worry about it for the first time since the 2020 offseason. We haven't had to worry about that. So that's been kind of cool. Um, and uh, and based on how D'Amico Ryan's first season went, I don't think they're going to be looking for a head coach for a long, long time because D'Amico lived up to the hype. So we love that as well. Um, as far as the eight teams in this hiring cycle um, that went after new coaches, I thought there were some intriguing hiring decisions made by the eight teams. I think most notably in a league where it seems like every offseason storyline is about trying to find the next big offensive head coach. Hey, which Kubiak Shanahan disciple are we going to go get? Um, I think it's interesting that there were five defensive-oriented head coaches hired. You know, who knows? Maybe D'Amico Ryans is creating a bit of a trend there that teams can look at can can look at their head coaching situation. And go, you know, what's even more important than somebody that can call a few ball plays or was coughed on by Kyle Shanahan or shared a bunk bed with Sean McVay or whatever. Remember when? Remember when being a Sean McVay disciple was the big thing? That's what got Brandon Staley hired. How did that work out? I think what teams are looking at now is, okay, let's just get – if the guy's an offensive coach, great. But we need a leader. We need a CEO. We need someone that people believe in, and that's what D'Amico Ryans was. Um, so I think it's interesting that five of the eight teams chose defensive guys as the dust settled. As far as the report card goes, I'll keep these quick. I'll bounce, I'll bounce around these quick. There were eight hires. I'm just going to go in alphabetical order, and I'll start with the Titans and Brian Callahan. Um, he was a middle of the pack candidate at the outset of the process, but reportedly he blew the Titans away in the interview the same way Mike Vrabel did like six years ago. Amy Adams Strunk is very easily sold to. That's the sense I get from her. Um, he didn't call plays in Cincinnati, Brian Callahan as the OC, Zach Taylor did. I'm guessing he's going to be calling plays for his team in, uh, Tennessee, um, the one big bonus for Callahan, it looks like he's bringing his dad, Bill, a very respected offensive line coach in, which would be a huge boon to the Titans because their offensive line sucks. 
Malik Collins made their offensive line look like a bunch of eighth graders uh, in, I forget which game it was, week 15 or 17. The Texans played them twice. There was a point in the game where Malik Collins basically just used the guard and the center as like, he was like a, a, a first responder peeling open a uh, revolve, like a, a sliding door with the electricity out, that kind of thing, like slipping his fingers in. He just like broke through like Skaronsky and whoever the center was. It was really embarrassing. Bill Callahan should help. My grade for the Brian Callahan hire, B minus. I give a B minus, solid B minus to the Titans for that hire. Um, next one, Dave Canales, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this was a horrible job opening. I think this was widely viewed as the worst job opening um, this offseason, mostly because Dave Tepper is a lunatic and just not an easy guy to work for. Frank Reich looked like he wanted to be anywhere other than coaching a football team like three weeks into the season last year. And 10 weeks in, he got his wish. Um, I think all things considered, how poorly this job was viewed in the offseason, I think Canales is a, is a good hire. He was a quarterback's coach, for those who don't know, in Seattle when Geno Smith rehabilitated his career and got paid. Um, he was the OC in Tampa last year, overseeing the resurgence of Baker Mayfield. And Baker's going to get a nice contract, too. Um, so now it's Bryce Young's turn to go through the Canales car wash. I think all things considered, for any other team, Canales probably would have been like a B. I think for Carolina, it's an A minus. I think it's a really good hire for them. Um, all things considered, considering how toxic that job looks. So good job, Carolina. Um, next one, Jim Harbaugh. This was the best hire of the whole cycle. Harbaugh's had great success everywhere he's gone. Now, I know the last head coach that I wanted that I felt that way about was when the Texans were looking to hire somebody post Bill O'Brien, and I said, you should go get Urban Meyer. Jacksonville went and got Urban Meyer, and we saw how that worked out. So my spidey sense isn't always the best on this stuff, but I do feel like Harbaugh actually, unlike Urban Meyer, had real success in the NFL, nearly winning a Super Bowl in San Francisco. He's got some unfinished business. I ain't got today. That's an A, if not an A-plus for the Chargers. Maybe I'll eat my words, but I think that's a really good hire. He's got a quarterback in place already, it's unlike in San Francisco where he had to kind of rehabilitate Alex Smith, and then he flips over to Colin Kaepernick, and then by year four, Kaepernick, the league kind of started to figure him out a little bit, and then Harbaugh ejected to uh, Michigan. I think he's he set up pretty good. That makes the AFC West super interesting, by the way. Andy Reid, Sean Payton, and Jim Harbaugh all playing each other twice a year. Is, is pretty damn cool. So that's good. Um, next one up, Mike McDonald, somebody who Jim Harbaugh knows very well. He was, uh, Mike McDonald was the DC in Michigan before going and working for the other Harbaugh, John, as the DC in Baltimore this past season, had a really, really good defense, one of the best defenses in the league, as the Houston Texans learned twice. Um, and the Seahawks, I think, could use a jolt on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, he's now the leader in the clubhouse as the youngest head coach in the NFL. So good job, Mike McDonald, for not being old. Good job for only being 36 years old. Um, B plus. I give a B plus to the Seahawks for the Mike McDonald hire. All right, we're getting down to it here. We've got four in, four left. This is all for you, Rodney. This is the longest mailbag answer in the history of the Utopia mailbag, and you're witnessing it with your ears and eyes on the video stream right now as we speak. Um, Gerard Mayo, Patriots. Um, he's basically been earmarked as a future head coach for a few years now. I'm a little skeptical about him because Jack Easterby really, really liked him a lot. Um, but Jack Easterby may, may have liked me a lot too. So I don't know. I mean, he seemed to think I was okay. I guess back in the day, I have no idea. Um, he was very friendly to me every time I met him. Um, and I think I'm pretty good. So I guess maybe I shouldn't penalize Gerard Mayo for this. Um, he signed a new deal last off season. Mayo did 
that apparently with the Patriots that apparently included language that he would be Bill Belichick's successor when the time came. Um, so because there were teams wanting to get their their hands on Gerard Mayo, so they had to extend him. They actually made an announcement that they had extended him. Teams never do that for position coaches. They did for him. So the time is here. It's the most intriguing hire to me by far. Um, I don't think it's the best one by far either, but it's intriguing because we have almost zero evidence of Mayo as a tactician, you know, as a strategist on a game day. He's never been elevated to even a coordinator level, although who knows? Belichick's job titles in New England were so murky and the job, you know, the job descriptions so murky that maybe he did some coordinator stuff, Mayo. So we'll see. I think it's a huge gamble and it's based totally on Mayo's leadership and charisma. C plus. I think it's a very generous grade, a C plus for that one. Um, three more to go. Raheem Morris, Falcons. Everybody thought Belichick was getting this job. That's where Belichick was going to land. And I don't know what happened in Atlanta with Belichick, um, but one side got cold feet. Maybe both did. Um, so now Belichick's sitting on the sidelines this year. Somewhere along the way, uh, they decided we're going to move to – we're going to pivot to something different. So they pivot to actually a familiar face with Morris, who had a pretty solid interim stint with the Falcons after they fired Dan Quinn, whose name you're going to hear in a second as well. B-minus. I'll give a B-minus to the hiring of Raheem Morris. Now we get down to the two who happen to have the worst grades of the two. I'll start with Antonio Pierce and the Raiders, who was previously their interim head coach. Did a nice job, 5-4 and four down the stretch, replacing Josh McDaniels. The players seem super happy about that. So a really good end of the season. I'm always a little skeptical of promoting interim head coaches that come in off kind of a sugar-high performance of a few games. I know nine games is a decent sample size. Um, I don't know what their fix is going to be for the quarterback position. They went 5-4. and four kind of mucking through it with Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell and and whatever. Um, but they went eight and nine. So they're not really in a great position to go get a quarterback unless they sign one in free agency. So I, I'm just not a fan of promoting interim head coaches when the the main reason the the head coach before him got fired was because everybody hated him. You know, that's just I think there's this dead cat sugar high performance type thing. C. I'm giving Antonio Pierce and that hire a C. Last one and the worst one of all. Um, this looked like the Washington deal, uh, the Dan Quinn to the commanders is what I'm talking about. Um, looked all but sealed that it was going to be Ben Johnson. And then depending on who you listen to, Ben Johnson uh, mysteriously uh, decided either to go back to Washington. Well, he definitely did decide to go back to, I'm sorry, to Detroit. But um, depending on who you listen to, either Ben Johnson didn't seem to like the owners in Washington. He thought they were basketball guys that thought pretty highly of their football opinions. And then there's the Washington sides putting smoke out there that Ben Johnson didn't interview all that well. I think both things can be true. The bottom line is Ben Johnson's back in Detroit. Washington made a hire that their fan base finds completely underwhelming in Dan Quinn. And um, he was last seen coordinating a defense. They gave up 48 points to Green Bay in a playoff game. I know some of those points were a pick six, so I'll take that one off. My point stands. He was giving up 41 points to Green Bay in the playoff game. D, giving Dan Quinn a D. And I feel like that's a little high. So we'll see. Maybe he proves me wrong. I hear he's a hell of a dude. But, uh, so there you go. There you go. That's my report card for the uh, head coaching hires.